All right, welcome back. This is Keith from risingstronger.com. In this video, we're going to talk about how to start working out, even when you feel like you're too depressed to start doing it and to keep up with it. Okay, so it's pretty well known, and it's very well scientifically backed that movement and exercise are extremely valuable and impactful when it comes to improving and optimizing our mental health. Very good for uh, combating symptoms of anxiety, depression, you know, scatteredness, ADHD kinds of things, improving sleep quality, um, boosting our metabolism, which plays a big role in our mental health. But it can be in the way that most of us think about it, it can be a really daunting idea when you're feeling depressed, when you feel like you don't have energy or motivation to start working out. It can be the most daunting idea in a lot of cases. So we're going to talk about how to build up a, a somewhat systematic approach. I'm not going to go step by step exactly, but a systematic approach to both shift the way that you think about it and shift the way that you go about doing it. They can make it simple, easy, and, and very much attainable to start working out, even though you don't feel like it. And it's it's a an important shift to see that if you don't feel like working out, this is, I think, common for most people, even if they're not necessarily feeling depressed. We want to wait until we have the energy to start working out rather than seeing that starting to move, starting to work out is going to help us build the energy, not just to continue working out, but in the rest of our lives. So we need to kind of see that it's not necessarily a chicken or the egg, one or the other. It's that we need to start doing and then we'll start being, then we'll start having the energy, then we'll start having the desire and motivation. But again, doing it in the right way. And when feeling depressed, this is where it becomes a nuanced understanding or we have to take a nuanced approach to it because counter to the way that most people have been led to think about depression as a result of kind of the, the mainstream medical health industry or mental health industry is that it's it's not just something to be eliminated like oh i'm feeling depressed and i just want to eliminate this uh, as fast as possible or escape it. Like it's kind of just an inconvenience uh, that needs to be turned off in whatever way. And instead to see that depression oftentimes is an intelligent, oftentimes maybe always, but an intelligent response by the body, by the brain to tell us that something is off. And if you even think about what depression is, like expression, which is kind of the opposite of depression is being open, being ready to go, being, you know, open to whatever uh, is, is you're facing, whatever you have to do and deal with. And depression is being closed down and closed off and feeling incapable. And if you understand, and I talk about this so much, but about just seeing what the modern world essentially is, if you understand that our the world that we live in and the way that we live is so foreign to how human beings are designed to live and so inconducive to being well and being healthy that oftentimes when we're facing depression, it is a reflection of the fact that 
the demands of our life, and this is kind of a general idea with depression anyway, but the demands of our lives lives are exceeding our capacity to keep up with them. So the stressors that we face in, in all different directions, and we have psychological stressors like, you know, stress from work, stress from relationships, more obvious ones. And then we have the stressors from eating poorly, not getting enough sleep, being dehydrated, being sedentary, having no meaning or purpose, like all of these other less thought about components. But when the demands of our lives or the stressors that are, you know, put on us voluntarily or not exceed our reserves and our capacity to deal with it, that's when we start shutting down. And it's intelligent because our body and our brains are saying, we need to preserve what we have because we're burning through this so quickly that we're just going to, we're going to like burn out if we keep going this way, we're going to be completely done. So it's a survival mechanism in a lot of ways. So it's important to see that when we don't feel like working out because we're feeling depressed, because we don't have energy, we're not motivated, that that is something to be respected, that our bodies are trying to tell us, because you have to understand too, that working out is a stressor. It's a good stress. It's called eustress, E-U-S-T, E-U stress, eustress, something that we initially stress ourselves in order that we can respond by growing stronger as a result of the stress. We go to the gym or we work out, we take on a load that, um, you know, just nearly exceeds our capacity and we push ourselves to that point. And then as a result, we adapt and we grow stronger. If we can't, if, if we're already maxed out, if we already have too high of a demand on our system, on our brains and bodies, that is going to be too stressful. We're taking something that can be a positive stressor and we're adding it on in something that winds up being a negative stressor. So jumping into a, a hard workout program or like, you know, just jumping in to the gym, something like that. There's a reason why people often when they're depressed, don't feel like doing that. It's so unappealing is because they shouldn't be doing it. And we're going to get to how to start working out. That is the point of this video. But my point is that by respecting that and scaling back our thoughts and understanding about movement and exercise, we can actually build to the point where that is appropriate and that is a healthy stressor, let's say a good positive stressor and not something that's actually going to have a, a negative effect. And the way that you start to do that, there's a whole, you know, there's there's multiple things here that I want to discuss but the way that you start to do that is to build up slowly and to instead of seeing working out as something you do within this window of time like i go to the gym for 45 minutes or an hour these days a week start to see that your whole day can be your opportunity for exercise or for working out and what i mean by that is let's say you haven't worked out in a while let's say you don't feel like doing it at all let's say that idea of going to the gym is is overwhelming and and repulsive see your whole day as the opportunity to build up so maybe you make it a goal to do 100 push-ups a day for one week and you don't do 100 push-ups at once you don't even do 100 push-ups in a small amount of time you take maybe 20 sets of 5 push-ups so 20 times throughout the day you take whatever it would be, 10 seconds to do five push-ups. So you're doing five push-ups sometime early in the day. A little while later, you do another five. 
and spread out between like 15, 16 hours, you do multiple sets of five push-ups. And then maybe the next week, instead of doing sets of, you know, 20 sets of five, you break it down into however many sets of seven or eight or whatever. And you start building up like your capacity, um, you know, to do at one time. But the point is that instead of that intense stress, because again, the same workload, the same amount of exercise performed, let's say, has a much different effect on the body when it's spread out over the course of a day or spread out over a longer period of time than doing it all in that intense time. And the way that we adapt to that and respond is going to be different, but we're building up here. So you can see that on a daily basis, you just start thinking about how can I get in movement all throughout the day? And it's an important distinction to understand in a recent podcast interview that I did with the co-creator of the original strength system, Tim Anderson, he was saying something that, that, you know, was so obvious to me. It's like something that I, I knew internally, but had never really thought about that we're not designed to exercise or we're not designed to work out. Let's say we're designed to move the, the going to the gym idea, which I think is when I say going to the gym, let's say the working out idea, having a one hour or some set amount of time of intense uh, load and intense movement, I think is such a good thing. I think it's so positive for many different reasons, mental and emotional resilience, physical health, confidence in the way that we look, getting in shape, many reasons. And it can be a medicine and it is a drug, but it's it's not necessarily like for people for for a human being to be well and follow suit in the way that we are meant to you know live it's it's not a requirement what is a requirement to be well and you know to to function in the way that we are designed to is to move so there's a distinction between moving and working out and so the moving throughout the day you can get going even when you don't feel like you can work out and this will help you to build the energy to feel like you can work out. This will help to, you know, essentially assist your nervous system in, I don't want to say like fixing, but, but let's say building the resilience against depression, lowering anxiety, lowering the stress that we're facing. And so doing this throughout the day, your pushups, air squats, crawling, like the original strength movements are such a great place to start with this crawling, rocking, rolling, properly learning to properly breathe. I'll put a link in the description for the video that I have on how to relearn to breathe properly, which is so important. And breathing is movement. It's the foundational and fundamental movement, the, the movement of our diaphragm. Learning to incorporate all of this in can be fun, can be easy, can be simple, can boost your energy, boost your mood, fight against you know different symptoms mental health issues physical health issues without having to step your step foot into a an intense workout let's say so if you see this as a building up and and my opinion would be and what i tend to do with people that i work with that are you know struggling to get in enough movement is to build up like a daily checklist maybe you have a a checklist for hundred pushups for 50 air squats. And again, this is all spread out throughout the day in small increments for a total of five minutes of crawling. 
of five minutes of of breathing, maybe even breathing while moving. I mean, you, you should be, but focused breathing while you're moving in some way um, of doing get ups. And I think that the psychology behind these movements is very important to keep in mind. And what I mean by that is when you're struggling with anxiety, depression, overwhelm, stress, psychologically, we take on a lot and it has an effect on our physical body. But the beauty of the human being is that we are mind-body beings. So our mind affects our body, but our body also impacts and affects our mind. So by understanding how to go to our body, we can impact our mind. So when you're doing push-ups, let's say, you are actively pushing resistance away from you, or you're using your body as the resistance. Same thing with like a bench press. You are pushing resistance away from you. Psychologically, we read this as feeling empowered. Our body impacts our brain chemistry through these movements. When we do a pull-up, let's say, another great movement to work in throughout the day. Get a pull-up bar, put it somewhere where you're you know, walking in and out of, and do one pull-up or two pull-ups every time you enter and exit a room or somewhere where you're going to pass by it you know, multiple times a day. When we're pulling ourselves up, psychologically, we are also gaining that perspective of being able to pull ourselves up out of a difficult place. Something like a Turkish getup, I think I mentioned it a minute ago, but is something that I think is worth doing every single day, especially if you're trying to build up, um, you know, movement, build up energy, get out of a tough place, getting up off of the ground to stand tall. If you don't know what a Turkish getup is, you know, maybe look that up, but to stand tall with potentially a weight overhead, but maybe even start without a weight. You definitely want to learn without a weight, but to stand tall and be able to get back down and have full control over the fact that you are getting up off the ground has a profound psychological effect. So we can use these movements, but I think it's even more powerful if we intentionally use them, if we you know, get down on the ground to do push-ups and not just do them, just doing them is going to help. But in that moment, remember, say to ourselves, this is me pushing the resistance away from myself. This is me pulling myself up with my own strength. This is me getting up off the ground because I have the strength to do that. And so these movements throughout the day, especially if you haven't moved in a while, are going to prepare you for more intense workouts. They're going to build you up. They're going to build your energy. They're going to reintroduce mobility and movement and flexibility. So it's actually a much better way for anybody really to get back into the gym, like the way that people will just jump right into a really intense program, I think oftentimes can be detrimental, but you know, this makes the most sense if you don't feel like you can do that anyway, like literally don't feel like you can do it. And so along with building up throughout the day for the energy component, and this is, you know, something for another video, but I think it's also worth just considering. And I invite you to, to, to consider this of cutting out like junk food and starting to eat real food, at least 80% of the time eating real food that came from the earth, because this is going to also signal we're not just robots. And the idea of calories in calories out is, is not 
the way that human beings work. When we eat real food that our body registers as food that comes from nature and has all these different components, not just fats, carbohydrates, proteins, micro and macronutrients, but like all these different elements that we don't even you know, know, like that, that science can't even register yet, but all that stuff too. And we're taking that in. That is a signal to us too, that there's abundance in the environment and we can burn through the resources that we have. Remember like the, the depression is shutting down because we want to conserve the limited amount of resources that we have. Taking in real food is a signal to us that there's an abundance in the environment. We can burn through and use those resources because look at all that we're getting. We're in a place where we're going to continue to get it. Whereas when we're eating junk food, that's lacking the nutrients that we need, that's containing things that we don't want in our body and our body's going to look at and be like, well, now we have to put in extra energy to try to get this out because it doesn't belong here, among other things. When we start taking that in, or, or when we're taking in junk food, that's where our body is going. It's scarce out there. Like there's not a lot of nutrients. And remember, nutrients are the building blocks for our brain and body. So we're lacking in those building blocks to the point often that, and you know, this varies from person to person. This is very complicated, but to the point that oftentimes we wind up not having energy, shutting down, feeling depressed, feeling unmotivated because we're trying to conserve what little we have. So consider eating better. And I have a free guide on my site. We'll put a link down there as well called high mileage foods for mental health, like the, the best foods, in my opinion, and experience for providing the nutrients needed for, you know, better energy, better mood, uh, boosting mental health, and also the foods and ingredients that tend to be the worst for our health and mental health. And so seeing it that way, that it's not just about being slimmer, it's not just about, you know, physical appearance, although that can be part of it, but also that we're like we need certain things to function properly. You have to shift the, the perspective shift there is important as well. And so we'll we'll save nutrition for another video, but check out my guide if you're not familiar with um, you know, where to start with that kind of thing or feel like you are trying and not getting the results that you want. A lot of times we miss out on the the most nutrient-rich foods even when we're trying to eat healthy. But let's put that aside. And another thing that I wanted to talk about, which would be kind of the next step, but it could be the first step if you feel inclined to do this, um, or if you already have a kettlebell, the next step would be to get one kettlebell. For men, usually you start with a 16 kilogram, 35 pound kettlebell. And work this into your movements working it in with carries. So farmer carries just holding the kettlebell like you would a suitcase and walking back and forth. Another great, you know, body influencing the psychology movement, being able to carry a load, stand up tall and voluntarily, you know, take on something heavy and move it along with us without, you know, without stopping or, um, you know, crippling under the load. Um, but there are various movements, but getting the kettlebell and starting this is where you can start to to frame an actual specific amount of time of what could be a workout where it's not going to 
you know, overcome or overwhelm you, get a kettlebell. And because kettlebells tend to be a little more systematic in terms of they, they ideally should be when, you know, taught properly and learned properly, you're focusing on skill first. You're focusing on learning adequate skill, proper skill with foundational movements like a goblet squat, which helps to open back up the squat pattern. If, you know, when we're, when we're tight and haven't done that with a swing, which again is going to counter a lot of the sitting, with the clean, with the press, with a snatch, with a get up, like there are these foundational movements. You don't have to know what all that is at this point, if you're unfamiliar, but rather than thinking about doing all of that in a way where like, let me just see if I can beat myself up for 45 minutes that can come down the road when you feel, you know, ready for it. But instead approaching it as maybe you block out 30 minutes and you're just practicing the skill of strength and movement. So you're just taking a kettlebell and you're listening to your body. You're not doing sets of like a million reps. You're doing slower sets. You're working on, let's say, um, regressions. Like if you don't know how to swing or you don't know how to clean a kettlebell, you don't really just jump into doing it. You learn these micro movements that help to reinforce the patterns and the movement patterns and turn on certain muscles and make, you know, mind body connections with the muscles that you're supposed to be using. So all of this can be a, a practice rather than a workout. So you are getting stronger for sure. You are moving better, learning to move better, which is so undervalued. Like your ability to move in space and time impacts your psychology significantly. When you feel stiff and tight and can't move, your brain, let's see, your mind tends to reflect that and be stiff and tight and can't move and rigid. When we are open, when we learn to move through patterns, especially in a strong way, it tends to have a reverse effect or, you know, impact our psychology in a way that we can be open through the different movements and ups and downs in our lives without wanting to shut down, without wanting to be rigid about how things have to be. There's such a connection between mind and body. And the, the learning the skills of movement and the skills of strength, learning you know proper tension, proper, like all of this plays into that, has a role with depression. Two of the main ways of helping to resolve depression are exercise and learning something new. And it doesn't have to be learning something new in a physical sense, like even learning a language, learning other things, this impacts our brain. And you may have heard of like neuroplasticity in a way that uh, can really, you know, that, that really impacts our, uh, those neural pathways and can help us to overcome depression but you can do it right in this context. You can get in the exercise. You can get in the movement again in a way that, you know, doesn't feel too intense and you can learn the new skills. So both of those things are going to have a positive impact on mental health. So my opinion would be to, to buy one kettlebell or have one kettlebell that, you know, if you have them that you use and work on building up these skills work on, you know, incorporating into the movements. The Turkish getup is a great one. Farmer carries, rack carries along with push-ups and squats. You can have a kettlebell um, 
you know, if you work in an office, you can have it by your desk. If you work at home, it can just be where you are. You can take it in the car. Like that's the beautiful thing about a kettlebell too, is you essentially have equipment to do an unlimited number of, you know, movements and and, and movements to get stronger without having to go to a gym and it can be with you pretty much wherever you are. We also want to take into consideration a couple of different things. So we certainly want to be okay with not being perfect. And I think this can be a tough thing for people. Like we might set out to do a particular, you know, like let's say I was talking about earlier, making a checklist and having a certain amount of movement that you want to get in throughout the day. And let's say you don't do it one day or you get later in the day and you can't do all of that in that span of time. This is where like the psychological flexibility is so important and it can be a perfect place to practice psychological flexibility of not doing it perfectly today or maybe not even doing it at all and still just getting back to it tomorrow, realizing that like you don't have to be perfect all the way through and that imperfection but perfect imperfectly consistent over a longer period is much better than being perfectly you know consistent over a small period so it's consistency over the long term even when we falter that is most important and i have another video on building mental and emotional resilience and i also have a a like a a worksheet a pdf with I think it's eight, seven or eight tactics, like specific practices that you can use to build mental and emotional resilience. And it actually works really well with something like starting to work out, starting to get in movement. So I'll link that video and link that little uh, document, but those specific skills can be helpful in staying consistent, getting started, even when you might not be feeling like it. The one in particular that I want to say here is that your thoughts don't have to dictate your actions or dictate that you don't take action. So if you decide that you want to start moving and you should, I mean, you know, this is something that like we all need it. We all want to be strong. We all have a built-in capacity to be strong. Our lives tend to be a lot better when we're strong and moving. But if you decide that this is something that you want to do, to get in shape, to, you know, to start moving, to understand that there are going to be many times where your brain or your mind is telling you, like, I don't feel like this. I don't want to do it. And that is not something that you have to listen to. And that can carry over into every other part of life. You have something that you need to do. You don't feel like it. It doesn't really matter. Like, it's nice when we, when we want to do what we need to do. But it's not required in order to do it. And the same thing is true with movement. Like you can say that today I'm going to, you know, get in this amount of movement and you just go, I don't, I don't want to do it. So there you go. Get down on the floor and, you know, start doing push-ups, and again, like consciously do that in the face of your brain saying that it doesn't want to do it. And, you know, you can again, build that skill of being able to not let your thoughts dictate your actions and dictate your life, which is 
what life is for most of us and like yeah like still happens for me sometimes for sure but it's it's without seeing that that is the case it can be hard to break free from it but as soon as you see that and like experience it that you can literally just turn and go in a different direction than what, what your mind wants you to do you can do something entirely different than what your thoughts are telling you you should or shouldn't do then you become free to dictate your actions and and largely as a result like what your life looks like and not your thoughts which are always up and down and our feelings are up and down and our motivation is up and down and that's really what discipline is is being able to do what we need to do whether we feel like it or not you know motivation will be there sometimes and it's not going to be there others and motivation just it it's a fleeting you know emotion or fleeting state so you know, this is something that can actually be used to make this, you know, starting to move, starting to work out effective, but then also carry over into other areas of your life. And you'll even see this, and I'm going to finish on this point that you will never, that there'll be many times where you don't want to work out, you don't want to move. And you do it anyway, you will never regret doing it. Like there's plenty of times you're not going to want to, you're never going to walk away from it and be like, eh, I wish I had just sat around and watched TV instead. It's never going to happen. So understanding that, keeping that in your back pocket, that you have that tool that you can override that lack of momentum or that stagnation of like, uh, I don't feel like doing this or I'm not going to do it. And doing it that 10 times out of 10, you're going to walk away and just be like, God, thank God I did that. Like all the stuff that was bogging me down before, it's over there now. Like I still maybe have to deal with it, but it's not on my back at this point. Like I, or, or if it is, it feels lighter. And I like to, to think about the idea, and I encourage you to think about this, that if you're like stuck in your life, if you feel like you're lacking purpose or direction, feeling depressed, feeling unmotivated, start training, eating, and living as if you needed to be strong and energized and ready to go. Like as if you had a real reason in your life to need to be in that state, to need to have those qualities and see what happens in your life. That's my invitation. And that's something that I believe, I mean, I, I know firsthand through my own experience and I see it like so much with other people. Treat your life as if you have a need to be strong and energized and capable and live accordingly, eat, train, and, and live to gain those qualities and see what happens in your life. Like it will change the way that you interact with the world change. It will change the things that you desire will change your ability to show up in a certain way and your confidence will change. Like start inside, start within the bounds of what you can reach and what you can control and then let that extend outwards. And it can, it can be absolutely life-changing. So I'm going to end there. Thank you for taking the time to watch the resources that I mentioned will be in the description box below. And if you feel like you need personalized guidance in things like movement and nutrition, you can go to risingstronger.com 
sign up for a free 30 minute breakthrough chat. We can talk through where you're at, you know, where you need to be, see if coaching would be a right fit. And other than that, again, I appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe and head over to risingstronger.com. You can join my growing email list by entering your email address or downloading my free guide, the High Mileage Foods for Better Mental Health Guide. I do offer a free 30-minute coaching consultation. You can sign up for that there as well. And again, I appreciate your time. I'll see you in the next episode.